I'm Scott Abraham from ABC7 in Washington, D.C. You know who it is. Travis Thomas Experience. This is Eric at home of Yahoo Sports. This is Mitch Tischler. This is Al Galdi, and you're listening to The Big Douglas Show. Chip Briere is my guest today. Chip, how are you? I'm doing well, Doug. How are you? Good, thank you. For those of you that you don't know, Chip runs a uh, uh, The Beat. Uh, tell us a little bit about how that got started. Is that something you came up with or the the team did? There's a couple of new shows that have premiered this year. Yeah, so what it is is a panel of local and national journalists that cover the Washington football team and the NFL. We bring them together and we get them ready for the game on Sunday, whether it's talking points from last week's results going into the week or getting ready for the matchup stuff like that, and just having some fun with it. I like to call it a blend of uh, Pardon the Interruption and sports reporters. And it's a lot of fun. We have great guests each and every week, thanks to uh, the PR staff for the Washington football team, Sean DuBarbery, Director of Communications. So it's it's been a lot of fun to get those guys on and uh, get a little back and forth on things burgundy and gold. Uh, and is that something you came to the organization with? Did Is that something Julie came up with and they came to you? What was the machinations of the show? So it, it was uh, Julie and a guy named Marcus Stevenson, who's uh, director of programming. And he had the idea of doing this. And uh, they reached out to me because I was a free agent, we'll call it, at the time. And I was looking for work. So that's how it came to be. And I get some uh, input on the show. It's a collaboration between me, him, Julie, uh, our producer, Kyle. And we, we really are proud of how it's turned out. And uh, a lot of people around the NFL say that they like the show. And we appreciate that support because we want this to grow and hopefully kind of inspire other great content throughout the Washington football team's digital uh, website and other avenues of uh, content. Yeah, no, it's been really uh, great so far. There are four new shows this year, is that right? All on the uh, Washington football team YouTube yeah, page? Yeah, yeah, H- holding me uh, hostage to try and name them all. I think there's The Fit, The Life, <laughs> uh, The Rundown, The Game, The X's and O's, and then Washington football daily with Julie Donaldson. I, I think that's all of them. I'm probably leaving some out if I am. Uh, guys... Please forgive me. Uh, it is early, and I've had my first cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 that's that sounds that sounds about right. I was trying to think them off as you listen to them. So, um, all right, well, we're here to talk about the game after yesterday. Chip, are you a glass half full or a glass half empty type of guy? Uh, I'm a glass half full. I always have been, and even though that loss was likely the most depressing I've seen. Uh, covering the Washington football team over the last seven years. That's when I started to where I am now, obviously. Good Lord. Um, I, I, it's just so hard because Chase Young, despite owning up to his mistake and telling Ron Rivera he wanted to talk to the media and kind of explain that it happens and he knows that he made a mistake and own up to it. It's It's the fact that they didn't go and score a touchdown on that final drive that I think was 15 or 17 plays went 66 yards and got two penalties to bail them out. Ron said on Sunday after the game that they're learning how to win. Now they have to learn how to finish and those should go hand in hand, but this is the kind of thing that a team like the Washington football team has to go through these growing pains to overcome 
uh, these depressing losses. And it's been so long. And so many people on social media told me the other day, oh, you must be new here. This is a common occurrence. But that, you know, with Ron Rivera at the helm and staying the course and trying to establish his foundation, he's going to take some lumps. It's never easy. And he's trying to win. And whether you like it or not, there's still a game and a half back of the NFC East division lead, even though the Giants uh, hold the tiebreaker. So it's not out of the question. They need to get some wins together. So glass half full, even though a lot of fans are probably telling me to just empty the glass and just, just stop being so optimistic. Well, I tend to be optimistic as well. I, I think the other thing, as Washington football team fans, we haven't really done what I would call a real rebuild, where we start from the bottom and work our way back up. It feels like that's what we're actually doing now. I guess, I guess as I say that, I'm curious, is there anything Alex Smith can do the rest of the way here that would – keep you from drafting quarterback in the first round next year keep doing what he did yesterday because my goodness he locked up the nfl comeback player of the year award in one football game we knew he was in the running after he came back off the bench against the rams same thing two weeks ago against the giants almost getting the comeback once again almost getting the comeback but consider this doug he threw back-to-back 300 yard games in scott turner's offense he'd never done that in his career He did it after overcoming that gruesome leg injury that we have continued to beat into the ground because it needs to be said every single time. And he looked fine. He's not as mobile as Dwayne Haskins or Kyle Allen, but he looked fine. And when you're passing the ball and getting extra protection for him to buy him that time, you've seen the vintage Alex Smith. He's a surgeon. Sure, he can check down a lot, but... That'll lull the defense to sleep, and he hit a couple of big shots, 10-plus yards, Terry McLaurin and Cam Sims. So the opportunities are there for Alex Smith to establish himself as the quarterback. I think right now, in a victim of the moment, you could see Alex Smith maybe being the quarterback for another year after this season if he's able to stay healthy. But realistically, you have to think about that. You are riding on the hinges of, can Alex Smith stay healthy? And it's multiplied by 10 because he had the most extreme leg injury the NFL has ever seen. So it's up in the air. If he plays well, yeah, I could see him staying and being that franchise quarterback because of the numbers that he put up in Turner's system yesterday on Sunday, depending on when this airs. I forgot about that. But there's a lot of quarterbacks. They lose a couple more games. You have to start seriously considering taking a Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, uh, no doubt. And he's actually at a reasonable number, even uh, uh, Smith, that is, even if he comes back and ends up being the backup halfway through. It's interesting, uh, Chip, we were talking about this on the show last week. That's a different Alex Smith that we've seen. He has not generally been willing to push the ball down the field. I feel like since he's come back from the injury, he's been more aggressive than the Alex Smith we saw with Jay Gruden. Do you see that? Yes, absolutely. It's because he's got better receivers to throw to this time that can actually get open deep behind the front seven. Terry McLaurin showed it yesterday. Cam Sims has quickly become a favorite target for Alex Smith because of his size and his speed. And because he can't scramble and try and make something out of nothing, he has to rely on Scott Turner's system to hit the receiver open he has to hit him open he can't just wait and see he has to anticipate and he's so good at that with so much experience behind him that 
I think with those receivers that he has, and you can make the case that he's had some good receivers in the past, but these young dudes that Ron Rivera has at wide receiver are legit. Obviously with Captain Scary Terry, but Cam Sims is arriving. He's coming on. Steven Sims was active and having a couple of good plays. So he has weapons that he can get the ball deep to and not have to check down. But J.D. McKissick and Antonio Gibson can be that safety option for him. He just has to get the ball out quickly. And when he has guys like that with burners, uh, getting it out quickly means they're already in the backfield uh, defensively. Yeah, it's interesting about Cam Sims, too, because it's not like they're just just throwing him jump balls. You know, I mean, he's getting yards after the catch, making tough contested catches – which I know we as a fan base have been looking for for a while. I think the notion that the quarterback, whoever it is for Washington, doesn't have weapons might be a little overstated. I'm with you. I think there's something to both of the Sims. Uh, Isaiah Wright had a nice game yesterday as an undrafted rookie. They they certainly have made it uh, a priority to put speed all over the field. Well, that is apparent the last two games because the Giants and the Lions defensively aren't great. A lot of people around the NFL will say this, including myself. If you want to consider yourself a team overflowing with playmakers, you need guys who can beat the other best guys across the league. Terry McLaurin is that only guy who has consistently gone up against the best DB and been able to put up productive numbers. He went up against Jalen Ramsey against the Rams and had a pretty productive day. He had 60, 70 yards, something like that. It's not big by his standard, but that's good. DK Metcalf went up against him on Sunday and only had 24 yards and two receptions. So Terry McLaurin's that guy. Antonio Gibson, he's making his way. He's still learning the running back position. He's been able to churn out extra yards after the tackle. So that's positive signs. But after those two, J.D. McKissick, Cam Sims, Steven Sims, those guys need to continue to grow and show that ability to beat the big players. And I've yet to see that. I think they can get there. Certainly, I think Cam Sims can be that guy because he has the physical talent to do it, and he's worked so hard with his experience. He could potentially be a guy who could beat uh, the number two on the other side. But there's just not enough of a sample size for the coaches to confidently say, okay, he's here. He's another playmaker we have. He's played really well. Alex Smith has brought out the best in Cam Sims, and you just have to capitalize on that and keep growing. I think Cam Sims, we've been rooting for him for so long in the Washington media beat. It's just so good to see him out there playing well. And and not to mention guys get hurt and we forget about them. Uh, The team was really high on Kelvin Harmon before the season started. That was a bigger loss than I think people realized as far as their planning heading into the season. Yeah, I I agree wholeheartedly. Kelvin Harmon was progressing very well at the end of the season when Dwayne Haskins had those final four starts. In fact, he was averaging three to five receptions a game, and that's good. When you get targets and you make the catches, that helps you grow in the NFL. And he's still being positive, and I still think he's part of the Washington football team's future plans at wide receiver. So when he comes back, it'll be interesting to see how he challenges Cam Sims, who has taken advantage of these extra reps with the position so thin. Cornelius Lucas had been playing great. Do we have any kind of 
idea what that injury looks like? I personally don't have any information, and I have reached out to a couple people that I know, but no updates there. But I think we should keep an eye on Morgan Moses because he played left tackle when Cornelius Lucas went out. That is his unnatural position. But he played well and kept Alex Smith upright on the blind side. Will Morgan Moses play left tackle? We'll see in practice this week if they get him the reps there to clear that picture up. Yeah, it will be interesting. Uh, of course, Jerron Christian's been out with the knee, so it's possible that maybe with a, an extra week of rest, he'll be ready to go. Uh, I was with you, though. I was surprised at how when I saw 76 go to the left side, I thought, oh, no. Uh, he held up fairly well there, though. In fact, it was his replacement on the right side who didn't show very well. Yeah, uh, it, it was it was a struggle for him, for sure, to get out there and, and figure it out. But – I think we just need to take an appreciation moment for Morgan Moses because when they were losing to the Giants right before halftime and he sent the fiery speech, probably expanded upon that in half. And then they come right out of the locker room, go on a scoring drive. And then when Cornelius Lucas goes out, he goes to left tackle. I didn't share the same thought you did. I thought this is going to be interesting. I think he can hold his own for maybe five snaps. He held it for the entire fourth quarter. And he wasn't going up against any bad guys like those dudes that just you do not want to have to game plan against. But it was good enough to give him confidence that if Scott Turner has to you know, put someone at left tackle, maybe it is Morgan Moses, and you have to protect Alex Smith's blindside. You have to. Of all quarterbacks in the league, you have to protect Alex Smith. And maybe that's the way you go because Morgan Moses, uh, one of the best tackles in football. Another week where the team comes out of the gate super slow. Uh, where do you put that on? Is is that a coaching problem? Is that a is that a player student type problem? What do you think is the reason for such slow starts? Penalties killed that first drive against the Lions, and then the sack that Alex Smith couldn't take because he could not escape. So I don't think it was so much coaching because they really went on a drive in that opening series. They were moving the ball well, passing and running. Then they get in the red zone, penalty, sack, just derailed everything. So I, I think it's just Alex Smith couldn't get out of the out of the way, and then <laughs> dumb penalties really did plague Washington in the long run. But the Lions also made dumb penalties, so it, it was luck. I, I, I really do believe yesterday's result was luck. You need luck in the NFL. You need luck in professional sports. Washington got unlucky. It's interesting, little things that help push the luck meter. It'll be interesting to hear what Scott Turner says. After they take that first penalty uh, on the opening drive and pushes them back to third and 17 or whatever it was, generally that's a draw play, a run play of some sort to hold on to the three points. They decided not to do that. I'm also curious, they've kept Hopkins for a long time because of how big they say the leg is. That was a 56-yard field goal. I was surprised early in the game that they didn't at least try to pick up the three points there. Yeah, it's because Hopkins leading up to the game was dealing with a bit of a groin injury, and you can see that a little bit. He he didn't seem entirely comfortable out there. And I know fans were quick to say, oh, Dustin Hopkins lost us a game. No, he didn't. I mean, he's dealing with injuries going out there, and you still had a chance to win. He hit the game-tying field goal that would have forced overtime if not for Matt Prater's 59-yard field goal. Now Ron Rivera is hoping to bring in a kicker, he said, on Monday. 
about uh, possibly getting someone in. And that, I think, is a storyline that everyone should put a lot of focus into. Is Dustin Hopkins still going to be the kicker for the Washington football team? Because he's always been a consistent guy. He's always been pretty good. And recently, he's hit a bit of a cold streak. And you know how it is with kickers. When they hit a cold streak, uh, they start to come into question with the coaching staff because they need those guys in critical moments to win football games. I love Dustin Hopkins. I've had great conversations with him. I think he's a great football player, a great kicker in the NFL. That's just the nature of the league is you can't go cold when you're kicking the football. Otherwise, your job could be at stake. Yeah, they had Vedvik in on the practice squad. I, I thought maybe he was going to get an opportunity to start. I listened to uh, the coach's press conference this morning. He, he didn't say for sure that they were going to go in a new direction, but that they were talking about yeah. the, the problems. Yeah, they would just bring uh, someone in just to, yeah, just to, just to bring someone in and, uh, see if they can get a little competition. I still think it's Dustin Hopkins' job. I do, but it's something to keep an eye on. That's all I'll say. Uh, uh, Everett went down again. I guess Reeves comes in at, at free safety. Maybe they move Kendall Fuller back. What, what, what do you think ends up happening there? They're starting to run thin in the secondary. Yeah, they are. Cameron Curl is still learning his way out there at the back of the defense and Jeremy Reeves was okay. I think he, he was passable in yesterday's game. He didn't get beat too often, but he did sometimes uh, feel like he's, he's, he's getting up to speed. So I, I honestly don't know where they go. Uh, Maybe you got to get Troy Apke out there and you just need somebody to come in behind them as backup. So I wouldn't be surprised if Kendall Fuller takes some safety snaps. Ronald Darby could as well move Fabian Monroe up to the starting position. But What, what is be- it about Fabian Moreau? They refuse to put him on the football field, don't they? I, mean, I thought he had a good first couple of games and then this might nothing. be the ti- This might be the time where he gets back on the field. I think it's just the play of Troy Apke – Cameron Curl, DeShazer Everett was better than Fabian Moreau and, and, and Ronald Darby and Kendall. I mean, Kendall Fuller has been amazing. He, he gave up his first passing touchdown allowed when he got beat in that first drive. Yeah. And that, that, I mean, he's been sensational. Ronald Darby's been solid. So there hasn't really been a need to get Fabian out there. And Jimmy Moreland's been good too. So Fabian just got outplayed. Now that there's thinning at the defensive back position and safety position, some shuffling will happen and Fabian could get his shot. He could get his shot this week to get back on the field. Ron's been big this year uh, as we get to know him on competition and shaking things up when it's not working. He has not been willing to take Bostic off the field, even though I'd suggest he hasn't been playing great the last couple of days. Uh, What, what is it that Bostic provides that they are unwilling to take him off the field? Experience. He, he he provides experience to the young guys that are out there. And even though he's struggling a little bit, he's still someone you can rely on to get the play in and be consistent in his call. It's just the tackling he needs to work on. Bostic is, 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 is always seems to be on the wrong end of a big play because he's got a skilled player that's he, he just struggles to contain. But in terms of getting the defense, that, that that's really important for Jack Del Rio because he wants those young rush, those young edge rushers. Good lord, peanut butter in my mouth today. It's hard <laughs> to uh, to get the play in and know exactly where they're going to be, and that's what Boston can provide. It's interesting you brought up Del Rio there because I was getting ready to ask you. 
Poor Chris Russell took a beating last week, but I was thinking the same thing. They told us all offseason that they were going to stop the run on the way to the quarterback. I thought it was a fair question because I had brought it up myself. They have not done that very well. Their first and pass defense, which I wouldn't have guessed before the season started, but they're near the bottom um, when it comes to run defense. Fair question to ask, what's been up with the run defense? What have you seen? When you lose a guy like Matt Ioannidis, who was that run stopper for you last year, it's going to make it hard for those other guys to pick up the slack. Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Tim Settle are great. They've always been good at getting to the quarterback, and sometimes they're able to clog up the running lanes, but Matt Ioannidis just ate up so much space and so many double teams for those other guys to do work that the running backs have been able to get through. And I, I – there's no excuses because you should be able to make those plays, but I, I, genu- I genuinely believe Matt Ioannidis not being on the field has hurt the run defense. Amazing just how good Matt Ioannidis has been. And so Washington. underrated. No doubt. And it's interesting. They'll have decisions to make coming up because I mean, that's talk for another day, certainly, but – I mean, you got the two outside rushers. You have Payne and Allen. They've paid Ioannidis. They've got Settle. Uh, probably one of those three premier D tackles won't get paid here. So it'll be curious to see what they decide moving forward about how many of them they can afford to keep. Yeah, well, when they're attempting to win the NFC East division race and slow down the rest of the division, this is where these guys need to make their money. Like you said, they need to make their money in this back end of the season to prove that they belong on this roster moving forward. All three of them can be here, but budgets are tight. Uh, yeah, no, no doubt. A uh, couple more before we let you run it, Chip, and I really appreciate the time today. Where do you stand? A couple things that they ran the ball for 50 yards yesterday. Now, now the new math for football says that running the ball isn't that important. I'm not sure that that's entirely true. Where do you stand on the whole? Is we threw the ball for 400 yards, we, we put offense up, but yet no running. Is the running as important to you as it is to some? It is important, but when Washington's trailing in the first quarter almost every game this season, it's hard to run the football when you're playing catch-up, and that's what Washington finds themselves in. Thankfully, Alex Smith is a tactician and a surgeon throwing the football getting 55 attempts, completing 38, which, by the way, was a career high. So you've got a guy who can do that for you, but Antonio Gibson needs those snaps to run the football. He had 13 for 45 yards and two touchdowns, just capping off long drives at the goal line. So, yeah, I think running the football is is really important, but look around the NFL. Look at the Houston Texans. They were playing catch-up. They've been playing catch-up all season. Washington has been playing catch-up all season. Minnesota? which is making a comeback right now. They have been getting out ahead in front and they just have let Dalvin cook eat. And you see how that is turning that team around. It's all about the start. We brought it up earlier. You asked me the question and I said, it's just luck in that last draw in that last game against the lions. If they don't go down early, the running game becomes more of a consistent part of the game plan but they're down often and they need to try and catch up and not give up so much time yeah it's really odd that game yesterday to your point i think they're seven of 16 on third down two of two 
on fourth down, the one turnover, of course, and I think they said Terry hadn't turned the ball over since high school. Um, and they led the uh, time of possession by almost 15 minutes, I think. Just an odd game to lose yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> that's why I said it was the most depressing loss I've seen in seven years because yeah. they were down by so much. They made another comeback. I even tweeted out, this has eerie last week vibes. And then an hour after the game, and I said, those vibes were proven correct because it felt almost identical to how it went against the Giants last week. Yeah, two weeks in a row where Smith almost got his, uh, what I like to call Disney moment by bringing him back at the very end. One last one for you, Chip. I think I know the answer to this, but, uh, you know, Tua is on a roll down in Miami and there'll be lots of people saying, you know, the obvious question. I assume that you are happy with the Chase Young pick. <laughs> are you are you are you letting everyone know I'm a Dolphins fan? I've been a I've been a Dolphins fan. No, I, I, <laughs> no if, if that's true, I did not know that. No. Uh, just, yeah, no, uh, no. I just I just know that question as the season goes on. Yeah. If, if he continues to roll, you know what's going to happen there. Yeah. So for my own personal selfish reasons, as a longtime Miami Dolphins and Miami Hurricanes fan, I am thrilled that Tua Tagovailoa is the quarterback in the Aqua and Orange. But for the Washington football team's purposes, yeah, it's, everyone's going to be looking at that. Chase Young is a, tran- is a transcendent talent. He's going to be a very good player for a very long time. And when you thought you had Dwayne Haskins as the guy and he was doing everything in the offseason, Ron Rivera did not have enough time to figure out. Yeah. And, and I think that's really important. I think people need to keep that in mind. Is Brian Flores was the coach going into the draft. And he had a plan with Chris Greer, the GM. I knew exactly what they were going to do. They were going for Tua. There you go. Ron Rivera came in at the end of the season and had to figure out what he was doing on the fly. He had no time to figure out if Joe Burrow or Tua Tagovailoa or Justin Herbert were going to be the solution for them because he hadn't even seen Dwayne Haskins play yet. So the safe bet for him, let's get the guy Chase Young who's going to come in and play right away and be an impact immediately, which he has been. So 2020 tells you, Yeah, you take Tua because he's been sensational and he was the most accurate passer in college football and that could help the Washington football team. But Ron doesn't know how that's going to help his team when he doesn't even know what he has at the moment. Brian Flores, Chris Grillo, they knew what they had. They knew what they were building towards. That's why uh, Ron Rivera takes Chase Young there. But yeah, personally for me, uh, I'm thrilled because the Dolphins are now in the AFC East race. This this is the most excited Dolphins fans have been in 20 years years doug i cannot stress that enough no doubt and, and to your point and i've asked this question to a couple of different people and and the way you put that really reminded me of a couple of things we forget how important not having an offseason really was and the fact that i really think that the coaches were sold early on with Dwayne. i mean i don't think that they thought you know this was going to be the problem and that um they really did think that maybe they had the quarterback situation already wrapped up i really hadn't we seven is so far in the rearview mirror at this point i think sometimes we really forget how the beginning of the season started yeah it 2020 has been relentless in reminding us of how things have been so different across the board in and out of sports chip briere is the host of the beat and we appreciate him giving him some time today chip thank you no problem doug have a great week you too